All right, Avalanche fans, welcome to another week of Locked On Avalanche podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, and another week of Avalanche hockey. It's a busy week for the Avs, four games. And if you're that type that does not like the back-to-backs, and let's be honest, who does? Uh, You got another one at the end of this week. So we'll talk about specifically the game tonight against the Minnesota Wild, what to expect there, what's going wrong with the Wild in the first two games of their season anyway. Uh, we'll talk about that. The Gabe Landeskog injury, kind of just reading the tea leaves. It's like maybe it's worse than we originally thought. Uh, and we'll look ahead to this week as a whole. Just kind of not previewing every single game, but just what to expect, what we think uh, the apps could do for this week. Because it's, uh, it's a busy one, lots of games, four of them, like I said. So uh, a lot to talk about. Why wait? Let's get to it, Shaggy. Your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody. Welcome to the Locked On Avalanche podcast. Like I said, we are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making this your first listen of the day. That is always appreciated. You can follow us. On our social media outlets, LOP and underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Locked On Avalanche on Instagram. Questions, comments, concerns, opinions, Locked On Avalanche at gmail.com. And follow the show on our YouTube channel over on YouTube. Hit subscribe and get notified when a new show goes live. All right. Uh, before we get to anything, uh, we said you know we would update when anything new came out about the Ian Cole situation. And it has, and it seemed like it was short and sweet. Uh, the NHL put out a statement and I'm uh, insanely paraphrasing, basically said they could not get a hold of the person who put up that tweet. And because of that, they're closing it. So uh, I, I don't I wish they didn't use the language like closing the whole case. I, I kind of wish they would say if at every point they want to come forward, uh, which would be a very brave thing to do. Uh, then we will revisit it. I, I don't think they said that in, in their statement. So that's a little, I want to say surprising, but also not the way the NHL handles kind of sensitive things like this. Uh, but it seems like it's, in their eyes, over and done with, pretty cut and dry for them. We couldn't get a hold of her, so uh, it's over, and Ian Cole rejoins the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, it was one of those. I was sipping my coffee, reading the report, and then I said, the NHL is going to NHL. Yeah, and then you spit it out. You did the spit take <laughs> with the coffee. so All over the computer. Yeah, so... The I NHL mean, owes me a new computer. Yeah, as of right now, it's what it is. So that that's all we have. Um, all right, Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, let's talk about the game tonight. The Colorado Avalanche visits Minnesota. and They'll play division rival, the hated Minnesota Wild. Uh, you know, all of this is so early in the season. We've only got a couple games in, but the way Minnesota has looked in those two games, you can't, uh, it's so weird. Like if I was a Minnesota fan, I'd be like, I'm, I don't want to use early and early season struggles as an excuse when you're struggling this bad. Yeah. It's only two games. You've given up seven goals in both of those games. Uh, your your defense looks atrocious. Your uh, Matt Zuccarello is even you know using uh, some nice f bombs to describe their defense. So yeah, they're not happy the way that they're playing, and they're not going to come out and say anything like, "Well, it's early in the season," because you can't like 
no team should be that bad. And I should say no team that's expected to be a pretty good team doesn't come out that flat. But they just look like it right now. And it only stings just a little bit more. Chicago was able to win a game. So they are... So they're, they they can't do what Chicago can, which is something we we've, we had like a a very long episode talking with Locked On Blackhawks about how bad Chicago is, and Minnesota found a way to be worse. Like you're letting up touchdowns per game. That's it's not it's not a good start. It just really plays into the hands of the Avalanche, who really need a good game to get back on track. And if mm-hmm. you hear of a team letting up seven goals a game, that's just that's beautiful for average. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Like, yeah, I mean, like I said, it's so early in the season. So Minnesota is going to come out and be like, this is not who we are. Uh, we're going to get we're going to get ourselves back on track. Uh, and what better team to do it against than, you know, division rivals, Stanley Cup champion, all that. The Avalanche had had a, a so-so game the other day. I didn't think it was atrocious, but, um, you know, they they are going to come out and say, like, we want to play better than we did against Calgary. So you have two teams that are coming out saying, like, yeah, we got to start playing better, way more so for the Minnesota Wild. So don't sit here and think, like, oh, the, the Wild are, are a washed-up team after two games in an 82-game season. Like, they're, you're going to get the best shots from Minnesota because of, of those two poor games. And also, um, the defense looks terrible, but the offense for Minnesota is okay. I mean, like, the first game to the Rangers was 7-3, to three, I believe, and then this last game to the Kings was 7-6. to six. So they're not – like I mean, three goals is, is good. I mean, you throw, score three goals in, in a hockey game, you would – you know, you – would think you have a really good chance of winning those games and six goals and lose does not happen very often. So they can score. They, they can score. They are an offensively gifted team. The defense is just struggling right now. So if you're the avalanche, you want to keep that going. You, you want them to continue to struggle on the defensive end because they're going to put everything they have into writing that ship real quick. Yeah. And it's ironic. Like, the team that is hailing from the capital of hockey going to the state of hockey. um, You want to take advantage of the Minnesota wild struggles. And this is one of those that could really impact a team. If this is one of those that Colorado goes into Minnesota flat. Hmm. And this is Minnesota's first win of the year. Like that's concerning. And also in the back of the minds of the avalanche. So you want to get out there and you want to, uh, right off puck drop just play with that same intensity that we know the avalanche can like their defense can't play defense our defense could be forwards if we wanted them to this Mm. is where you take advantage of that uh i'm looking up because i I know the kings had a bunch of uh, power plays on that uh in that game trying to find how many penalties um six so the Kings had six, they were three, no, two for six uh, on the power play. And then what was the one against the Rangers? That sounds like a frustrated team. If you're hearing six penalties, that feels like one of those that the emotions get out of hand. And those are like ticky-tack frustration penalties. Yeah. Well, here's the other one. And then the Rangers had five power plays. Mm, yeah. So Minnesota, yeah, they're frustrated. Like they're yeah. they're not playing well on the defensive end and... 
I, I didn't see all of what caused those penalties, but I'm sure there were some frustrating penalties that were involved there. So take advantage of that. And that's something to keep in mind when you're Colorado with injuries already playing a part with how the roster is comprised. You don't want to get in there and have frustration add to the injuries. You want to play smart when you're going into this. It's not just keep beating them down. You have to be smart because you, they've already proven that they're lashing out. And you heard what Z's saying about mm -hmm. the team. Like they're visibly and publicly frustrated with how this team is playing right now. You don't want to be on the other end of that. Yeah, I mean, if there were just like, you know, losing three to two or, or two to one or something like that, I'd be like, eh, well, this is, you know, okay, this is a regular start of the season. It's just two games. But yeah, when you give up back-to-back -back seven goal games, um, you know, you're just looking at Marc-Andre Fleury's save percentage, which is like seven, seven, six, I think it is right now. It's just, <laughs> uh, just, just wild. Um the other and interesting go ahead sorry jordan greenway is still a member of that roster is why i bring that up like one more frustrating game that green of minnesota will turn into the hulk and jordan greenway is a he's a pest hmm. um the let's see okay here's another interesting thing is matt zuccarello right now is a minus five uh krill kaprizov is a minus five uh ryan hartman minus five so those guys are on the ice when all these goals are being given up. They're scoring because those guys have uh, – Zuccarello's got two goals and two assists. That's tied for the team lead um, with Matt Boldy, who oddly enough is a plus three. Go figure. Um, and Kaprizov has a goal and assist. So, like, these guys are, are, are scoring. Like, they are their scorers. It's their offense. But they're also on the ice when – Teams are just slicing and dicing through them. And the one, you know, we go back to uh, Flower. He, he, man, it's, yeah, the defense is bad, but good Lord. Like there was a shot, a slap shot from just inside the blue line, an absolute cannon and an absolute just nobody was in front of him. It was completely, you could see the entire, you could see the entire windup. I remember who 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 uh, scored the goal for the Kings, and it got past him. Like though, when that's happening, it's like okay, you, you're this is a way more of a rough start than than you can imagine. They, they, it was the defenses looked bad, but he hasn't helped them out either. And that only adds to the frustration because they chose him over Cam Talbot. They let him walk, mm. and that's what you have back there protecting the net. And if you're letting up stuff like that, why does the defense need to try? Mm. So uh, I think it's going to be a good game, though, because like you said, uh, you know, you have a team that has not started out. The there we go. Are, are we back online? Yeah. What the heck happened there? I have no <laughs> idea. It completely just backed me out of the whole thing. It was like, we have an error. There's something wrong. I'm like, oh, God, the, the site crashed. But no, we're good. And we're we're still recording, so we're we're good to go. All right. Um. Yeah. Well, just to finish that thought, I was saying the. Uh, I think it's going to be a good game because the Wild are just going to want to correct this ship, and yeah, uh, the Avalanche are not going to want to, you know, lose two in a row, and especially to a division. Yeah, and to a team playing like they are right now. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
All right, let's hear from Simply Safe, and then we'll get to some injuries on the Avalanche end. Uh, the numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe home security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. I know this personally because I do use Simply Safe in my home, and my wife and I, we uh, work our normal jobs during the day. We are pretty comfortable when we are uh, at our jobs knowing that our house is uh, well protected with Simply Safe. Um, whoa, man, all sorts of issues going on on the technical side of things today. Uh, they have 24 7 professional monitor- monitoring. Simply Safe agents call you the moment a threat is detected and dispatch to police or first responders in an emergency, even if you're not home and you can't be reached. You can customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL and save 20% off of your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and you can get your first month for free. So visit simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. All right, sir. Uh, got some news from Jared Bednar saying that he was concerned about the injury to Gabe Landeskog. Uh, really wouldn't comment further on that, but, uh, you know, we're a podcast cover team, so we're going to catastrophize it and make it seem like it's uh, way more worse than it probably is. But it does seem, you know, use, when you use the word concerning, I'm big on words. Yeah. <laughs> so when you use that word, uh, you're not just going to throw that word out there and then he's back tomorrow. Uh, you throw that out there, and it's kind of up in the air. He didn't give a timetable. He, I think that he was asked, you, you have a time frame, and and he said he didn't know or no to that. Uh, we'll start with him. I, I know, you know, I'm not concerned about it lingering or him being out for like the season or anything like that. Uh, I mean, I think the concern is this is just going on longer than they anticipated. Um, so that's why he's throwing that. That's just my guess. Yeah. And uh, see, this is as podcasters, we should totally make this episode. Have we seen the last of Gabe Landeskog and we're yes. just, like, reaction? Yeah. No, but especially coming from Bednar to hear the words concerning is interesting. It's usually just the run of the mill, uh, day to day, uh, week to week, but for him to say concerning and it's, it's odd for us to have to like digest this because we saw him skate at the banner ceremony. Hmm. Like what's concerning. Yeah. I, with my eyes, I see he so, could skate. Well, yeah, yeah, that that's the weird, like concerning is he can't even do that. You know what I mean? Like that, that, that would be, you know, if he didn't, if he didn't yeah. skate around with, with the cup uh, or, or if he walked with it, you know what I mean? Like they set up just the the like carpet around so he could walk and not go He's on the up ice. in the press box or up in the rafters. Something like, like staying that. Yes. in WCW. Yes. So <laughs> and I know <laughs> I know it's you know, there, there's people can skate. I mean, maybe it's not his ankles that are bothering him. You can kind of just lightly skate around when you have uh, a lingering issue. And that just seems to be the case right now with him. But uh, this is where you just hate that coaches don't have to give a lot of info you hate I, I i hate just the the upper body or lower body injury and yeah. that is it so i think it's just a wait and see i couldn't even get if he's not even going to say if he doesn't even know 
when he's asked, you know, do you have a, a somewhat of a time frame? And he's like, no. Um, it, maybe this goes another month, and that's fine. Like that, you, you still he's still going to play sixty games or you know, sixty five games if it still goes like into November. Um, but just the the not knowing, the not having all of the info part, I think is like the frustrating part, and it's probably just as frustrating for him because. Like you're saying, if he's good enough to at least put on the uniform, skate around, he's got to be close, but just not close enough. And what the heck is it? Yeah. What is lingering? That's the. And I I, I did see Bednar say, because he was asked, um, initially he said 8 to 12 weeks, and then he revised it and said it's more like 13. Almost like he's patronizing. He said that? I didn't, I didn't yes. see that. Yes. He said it was more like 13. Like he's patronizing, like, I know what I said. It's concerning. I don't know how long it's going to go. So it's just like. Give us some kind of idea. Really? I, I, I feel like this would be a lot easier if we didn't have to see him skate. And we could just go with like, okay, sure. He said 8 to 12. And if it's just keeps on going, we accept it. But what hmm. like what is going on is the big issue. Because he could stand. He could skate. He could walk. What is bothering him? Hmm. What's going on? And, and he showed up captain. to... It, well, yeah, yeah. He showed up to practice um i think it was peter ball who put a picture up of it and he was there but he was not not in any type of colored jersey he was just in a sweatshirt hanging out on the bench basically just hanging out with the guys so he's not even he's not it's so this is so weird like as i'm saying he can skate around with the cup but he can't just do a a pre-practice skate around like darren helm did darren helm's the other injured guy he did uh, he had a, a, a red jersey on, was just kind of doing a pre-practice skate. <laughs> and Landis Cox not even doing that. So Were we deep faked at the, uh, the banner <laughs> raising <laughs> ceremony? Was that even Landy? Yeah, it was I a hologram. I wasn't very zoomed out. <laughs> no, it was it was hologram Landy. <laughs> they uh, had JT Comfort just switch out jersey, just yeah. get a zoomed out view. <laughs> um, I don't know. So it's, it's obviously something we're going to watch. Yeah. And um, it makes you think like did this this injury happen uh during the the Stanley Cup finals or was he playing with this was he playing through it and then it lingered I, well I mean, if it happened in the cup finals he wouldn't be lumbering around Denver giving the cup to everybody like it didn't look like walking down the stairs on the plane bothered him like walking around in the parade coming up those stairs to the stage that right. didn't bother him so he could do that kind of basic stuff. What happened? When did it happen? We need answers here. <laughs> We're not going to get them. <laughs> I said, please. Yeah. You know, we need to do more begging. Um, as far as what was happening in practice, as far as, you know, your, your practice lines, uh, you had Lekkanen, McKinnon, and Rantanen on the top line, Rodriguez, Newhook, Nachuskin, Cogliano, Comfer, and O'Connor. Uh, your fourth line was McDermott, Sedlock, and Myers. Uh, Jacob McDonald joined the crew on the defensive end, just kind of practicing with the defensemen. None of them are injured, so I don't anticipate he's going to be playing, but uh, it's nice to see him back. Yeah. I, and you know I'm a big McDonald fan, and I, and I enjoy Curtis McDermott, but I, I would put McDonald in over McDermott just because you can get a little bit more offense out of that. You have your muscle with Manson and Johnson if you need to. McCarr doesn't back down. You you have your your muscle. Yeah. Um, 
I just feel, you know, we, we get a, we get a kick out of and fun watching Curtis McDermott. I just think he's more of a liability. Uh, and especially playing with, with, you know, Sedlak and, and the young Myers, those guys need people to be there to kind of help facilitate some offense. And he's just not going to do that. So, yeah, I don't think tonight's <clears throat> game against Minnesota is a game that we need McDermott. This would be a JMAC game because Minnesota's fast and they're young. You want to save him for another night. Yes, I know the physicality of Minnesota. I get it. Trust yeah, me. I've, seen, no, they I've are. seen it. But you don't you don't need McDermott out there. Um, I get it. He's fun. It's a like an inside joke and a tongue in cheek, but like it's not Minnesota. Not now. I'm looking at this. This is and, and not because of his play. Would you maybe like move McDermott up to, to to do what I'm like consider like wanting and getting just more skill with Ben Myers would you would you maybe move McDermott well or maybe you could do that. you could just move Ben Myers up yeah <laughs> you could move Ben Myers up to the third line and drop like you know Cogliano that'd be a fun line Myers Comfer and O'Connor that would be a fun. Ooh, line. that would be so much fun. That'd be fun. And then you have McDermott, Sedlock, and Cogliano on the fourth line. That, yeah, that's an interesting line. But what I was thinking in my head, just going through it, it was moving McDermott up and then bringing like O'Connor down. So you have O'Connor, Sedlock, and Myers. And it's not a demotion or promotion. It's just to get just more, like I said, more skill and productivity uh, on that fourth line because I just you're not going to get it right now from that fourth line because McDermott is who he is. Sedlak is who he is, and Myers is is young and still learning the NHL game. I feel like as long as McDermott's in the lineup, he's going to live on the fourth line, and whoever's on that fourth line just better know you're not getting more than 10 minutes. That's your dump line. Yeah. If things start going south, that those top three lines are going to be used all game long. That fourth line will just sit there and restock the, what is it, the Gatorade or whatever drink they have now. But like if McDermott's on that line, they're not getting used because McDermott hasn't seen more than 10 minutes of ice time. No. And whoever's on that line with him does not see more than 10 minutes of ice time. So if things start, if they have to play from behind, McDermott's not going to be out there. Because, you know, what happened in Calgary was they just got so far behind that fourth line was not seeing any ice. You got to get back into the game. So you're you're putting a lot of pressure on your, your top six and that third line. Uh, you're kind of rotating through that. So, you know, to, to just kind of stop that and not put so much pressure on because that, that you're down five to one and you're playing those guys, just cycling them. You're basically eliminating a line. Uh, you've, you've expended so much energy coming back to get into the game. It's tough to just continue it and, and, and run out the game like that. You're just yep. spent. So, and Myers has like offensive capability. Yes. So I want to see that. Like he could help them get back into a game he's just not on a line that's going to do it so yeah. he gets kind of like stuck with with those guys that if you get behind he's not going to be out there and i think that's a detriment to the abs because he could help them obviously it, on the offense it could also be a, a motivation too like you know that's what's going to happen so don't get behind if yeah. you want to keep playing don't get behind it's it's, it's just that simple just that simple. <laughs> don't get behind um yeah so We'll see what happens, but I think, like we said before, it's going to be an interesting game. Um, 
All right. As far as the week ahead for the Avalanche, like we said, four games uh, for the week. Let me get their schedule. Obviously, Minnesota. They have a day off on Tuesday, and then they play at home against Winnipeg. A day off on Thursday, and then at home against Seattle. That should be fun. Seems like just more and more Avalanche players are becoming Seattle Kraken. Um, and then the very next day on Saturday in Vegas. Now I know the the back to back people. Who hate back-to-backs like i said you know who doesn't um i think this one's a little bit more manageable you're not going north uh in, into canada um and have to go through customs and in, in a short day of sleep um you're basically going from denver to vegas so i, I think there's a little bit more manageable back-to-back it still is a back-to-back but um kind of just taking a broad look at what the abs week looks like uh what are you thinking favorable difficult going somewhere to, in the middle good. Depends on how they play tonight. And it's it looks like a week. Uh, does Nick Holden still play for Vegas? Or is he gone from there? Because you have... You're going to have... There. You got Stasny, Berkey and Grubauer, and then Damn. Holden. So And then Jost tonight. So you got former foes all over the place. All over the map, yeah. But if it's honestly going to be predicated on how they perform against Minnesota. How the rest of the week goes. Because Winnipeg... Everybody sleeps on them because it's Winnipeg. Who cares? But they're playing good. They're they're not a bad team. Seattle, they're impressing people. They're improving. They're not they're not terrible. And Vegas hasn't lost a game at time of recording. Yeah. No. Three and for three oh and for Vegas so far. Um, totally not how I wanted them to start. Yeah. Uh, but you know, they're they're a decent team. So uh I think it's a, a, a Tough week. Yeah, you have you have two teams in Minnesota and Vegas, which uh, obviously will be fighting for playoff spots. And then you have Winnipeg and Seattle who are improved. Maybe Seattle's more improved than Winnipeg. Yeah. Um, so and Winnipeg is one of the best goalies. Yeah. So, it, it, you know, it, that's that's always tough. So I think it's going to be, you know, and then what's I don't, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself because I don't want to do next week, but. So you have, uh, after that Vegas game, that back-to-back, uh, you have two days off after that before you head east and play the Rangers. So um, to another back-to-back at the end of that week. At well. the end of that week, <clears throat> too. So three back-to-backs in the month of October for the Avalanche. Not ideal. And I think everybody's throwing their hands up. Like A lot of teams did back-to-backs to start yep. the year. Um, and then you had Sunday where no games were played. Zero games were played. I don't know why. Did you not want to go up against like playoff baseball? Um, you have to deal with the NFL for for half your season, so that that's not a thing. And it and it boggles my mind because ESPN Plus does not carry NFL games, so ESPN Plus is just sitting there. Those games could be broadcast, and you could have a, a oh, they would have been broadcast. Yeah, you could have filled ESPN a, a Plus up. It's just sitting there. There's nothing. Uh, I don't know that so many questionable things that the, that the league does. And that's definitely one of them. You had a day early in the season. Like this is, this is week one. Everybody's excited to, to watch some hockey and you wake up today, you go look at the schedule and there's nothing there for, for the first week of the season. Like if you're going to do this, if you're going to have a day, I'm curious to know now, is there another day in the season where there's no games played? Hmm. That's, I don't know. I have I didn't, to do I some really research on that. Yeah. It, it, if, if you want to do it, do it in February or something like that. Don't do it week one of the, the hockey season. This is where everybody's like, 
you you just lost so many people that were trying to get like well you know those people like this year this year i'm going to get into hockey yeah and then they had a day where there's no hockey and and they remembered what it's like when they didn't have hockey and they're going to continue that yeah i think it's a boneheaded move the the ratings for the stanley cup were off the charts it was the highest rated stanley cup in years Mm -hmm. between the avalanche and lightning and you're going to kill the momentum by having a complete day of nothing after an incredible week with some really really good games good stuff yep does make sense so um all right everybody that is gonna wrap it up and uh i think it's gonna be an entertaining game tonight kyle and i will be back tomorrow to discuss all of it um until then thank you for making this your first listen of the day that is always appreciated for mr shaggy von doom kyle sullivan i am chris maselli and this is the locked on avalanche podcast we'll see you guys tomorrow hopefully after an avalanche victory go abs go